This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Kelly is business as usual. Can Lex Luthor be helpful? Kara looks like she just robbed a bank. Graceful arcs across her brow. I'm left forever to wonder how. Brevity is the soul of wit, as Polonius said to Hamlet. This episode was really starting to bug me. We are talking Supergirl Season 4, Episode 3, Blurred Lines. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's right, we're back with some Supergirl talk. We are talking Season 5, Episode 3, Blurred Lines. Is it the song? Is it not? A lot of lines were crossed this episode. Supergirl up, up, and away. She's flying all around. I felt like her outfit wasn't as great as usual, but of course we'll get to all that and more as we break down this week's episode. We're going to discuss Lena using her new super best friend. John Jones uses his super best friend, Nia Nall. Maleficic, or Malefic, I like calling him Maleficent, is maladjusted. Why use that name? Anyway, uh, Kelly is a lifesaver. Spider tattoos. Yes, we had an Aurofacian on the episode this week. Sorry, I'm not home right now. Jimmy is caught up in a spider web. We're going to talk about Jimmy and his life-altering, changing decisions. Hope. Yeah, hope brings us hope. Brainy and Nia Wow, what's going on there? Valentine's Day is so far away, and yet it is here to stay. I rhymed that for you, Brainy. Nothing makes us feel better than a Vionette. Special segment, Supergirls, where we highlight a a woman making a difference in the world today. News and gossip, you're going to want to stay tuned. And some predictions and much, much more. If you don't know who I am, I am Tehran. I will be hosting and paneling. And, of course, I'm joined by the Dream Team friend, the Just Us League. My man Ryan is in the booth. What's going on, y'all? So excited to talk Supergirl. We were talking Watchmen earlier, and now we're up, up, and away to another CW show. That's right. CW with all the uh, wonderful DC. DC, of course, taking over right now. We have the Titans after show that we do. We have the HBO's Watchmen show. And, of course, CW has a has a whole slew of 
DC shows Flash, that are just amazing. Arrow. Flash, Arrow, Batwoman. Batwoman, also live right now. Batwoman, also live. What else is on CW that's that's going off right now? That's, Dynasty, right? No, I'm talking about comic book shows. Of course. Yes, yes I do. Di- Listen, you're not going to shame me for liking Dynasty, Ryan. I watch and talk Dynasty. You can catch me on a slew of After Buzz After Shows, and I do not discriminate. Yes, no, you do not. If it's good, it's good, no matter what. Black Lightning. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> let's talk Let's talk what's going on in this episode, my overall thoughts on episode three, season five, Blurred Line, Supergirl. My overall thought was this episode was actually a very good episode. I enjoyed it because it was to the storyline. We're getting a lot more uh, in-depth with, uh, with what's going on with John Jones. That whole brother line, which they're clearly making us the main plot of this this first part of the story arc is going to be focused on martian lore martian interaction john jones his brother malefic who i cannot stop calling maleficent as the movie just came out so malefic is malefic is clearly the antagonist but there seems to be much more to that storyline we keep getting nods and tidbits but nothing concrete i can't wait to to figure out what more is is going to happen with the Martian Manhunter. We're also getting some... I don't know how to... Because I'm not sure which side of the coin he falls. If this is a good guy or bad guy. But my main man, Stas, who is William Day, is playing... It's almost as if he's super shady, but he's not. We're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt... He has a special mission that's bigger than we know. We keep getting these nods to how great an investigative journalist he is and a reporter and a researcher, and yet he seems to be on the side of error. I'm not exactly sure, but it's definitely grabbing. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. My attention. I want more there. This relationship between Nia Null and Brainy, which we all were shipping... Honestly, we're all wanting them. We don't want them to break up. We just want them to be normal. Yes. Is it comic relief? Yes. But can we see how annoying it must be for Nia? And at this point, it feels like torture. And finally, Kelly and Alex and Alex always wanting to protect Kelly and Kelly just being the door opening to all these things. All this is encompassed in the umbrella that I think will play the biggest part, which is Kara and Lena. Lena has become a luther after all yes she's lex's half-sister yes she's lex's sister yes she has LexCorp. yes but before then she's always been someone we've felt we have been misjudging simply because of her last name she's proven time and time again how good a person she is however in this this season it seems that she is on the side of and I want to use the term villain, but it's not exactly villainous because it comes with good intent. Typically, the villain has a malintent, a hidden agenda. It's an agenda that's greed or selfishness. However, Lena's agenda is not greed or selfishness. It's actually to rid the world of lying, manipulation, and violence. She doesn't want a world of robots, as Hope points out. She wants a world of better people. 
this sounds great, except she wants to do it through mind control, which we all know is a bad idea. Ryan tried that once. It didn't work out. Nope. I still think I work somewhere else. Exactly. Buzzfeed. That's how it works. So here, here we get into a lot of these main points. Let's talk about Lena and Lena using her new super best friend. Lena uses Kara. She manipulates Kara into retrieving those those journals, the Lex journals for her, the journals that are locked up in Fort Summit under lock and key because Lex, of course, is was world's most wanted number one. He was public enemy number one. Lex Luthor tries to destroy the world every other day. His journals contain these Q-wave theories and, and deciphers that she needs to finish off her brain control, mind control technology. So what she does is, of course, she convinces Lena. And Lena, I mean, Lena convinces Kara. Kara's feeling guilty. Kara's feeling guilty about lying to Lena for so long. She's been lying to Lena about the Supergirl identity, which to me, I still am not on board with it being a lie. She was protecting her secret identity from the people around her, even though technically speaking, Lena was the only one that didn't know. I can understand that. She wanted to compartmentalize her life this is my supergirl life this is my regular everyday life she didn't want to confuse the two lena's taking it so hard that she's willing to rid the world of free thought basically so we get lena doing the luther thing manipulating Kara, knowing that she's feeling guilty seeing that Kara was willing to fly to dublin and paris and all over the world to bring her things and trinkets that she likes. She uses this. She plans it with hope where she says, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get Supergirl to do it. It's not impossible. Supergirl can do it. And of course, Supergirl does it. She plants that idea. In this season, and especially in these episodes, we keep getting these nods to the concept of inception, planting an idea in someone else's mind and making it seem like they're, it's their own. Now, inception is... The form of malefic is, of course, mind control. He simply just controls people's minds. Which, by the way, it can't be a coincidence that malefic has the one power that Lena is looking for. That cannot be a coincidence. Lena wants to control people's minds with Q waves. Q waves are on the on the board because, of course, we have the Obsidian uh, device and we have um, we have a. Uh, 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 we have the the company who who's creating this and, and implanting ideas in the and the technology in people's minds, and then we have Malefic, who is able to control people's minds. I'm not sure if this is one big coincidence because honestly, if it is, that's crazy. If if you're telling me that there's no reason that Andrea Rojas just ma magically appears with this technology and we're not going to link this together by the end of the season, you're crazy. So that's where I'm seeing all that going. I'm sure a lot of you see the same thing. Uh, also, we see Lena being here. She's replaced Supergirl Kara with Hope. Hope is the artificial creation she has created out of uh, Tessmacher. So she has this best friend who is now just a robot who is mimicking emotion, I would say, trying her best. Lena says she doesn't trust people. She used to because she had friends, meaning Kara, and then Kara betrayed her trust. So now she has hope and... Hope is trying to be your friend, but Lena's being the one that's distant. How is that? 
Hope is almost like a robot. I mean, yes, I understand she's flesh, flesh and flesh and bone, but she's a robot mentally speaking. She's encompassed by the technology which Lena placed in her last week. So, in last episode, so here we have uh, Lena needs a friend, and she chooses. She creates her own friend, which has no emotion, and is mimicking emotion for her, and she's being distant. Why are you so hurt, Lena? Can't we talk this out? Can't we have a conversation? Let's figure this out together. We need to talk about this together. There's no reason for Lena to act in such a atypical, particular way. This is an overreaction to not that big an issue, to be very fair. Now, discussing hope. Hope keeps suggesting Luther. Is that because she has influences of Eve within her? Does she have some malintent hidden agenda that we're not aware of that even Lena cannot see because we're overestimating the control that the hope mentality and the hope uh, physiology has in Tessmacher? Or is this really just Lex Luthor has the solution? Because everything in this aspect pointed towards a Lex Luthor appearance. Lex is supposed to be gone, but with Lex, you never know. Lex is never dead. I feel like Lex never dies. Lex and the Joker live forever. They just never die. Even when you think they're dead, they are right back in there somewhere, somehow, some way. So I'm waiting for this to come back up. And it would be great to have a Lex appearance midway through the season because Lex was our favorite, well, at least was my favorite antagonist thus far. Lex has the depth and captures our attention as an audience. We believe his evil. I don't know if I specifically believe Lena's evil. Right now, to me, Lena's evil seems to be one conversation away from getting fixed. At any point, if Lena just cries and Kara and Lena hug it out, I feel like it won't go through. With Lex, I know it's just evil. It's evil. It's understood. I I believe Lex's threats. But with Lena, I, I've seen her falter. She didn't. She didn't give Carr away. She tried to justify it by saying it was part of a bigger story. She didn't drop a big news story. She's not letting them on. She has enough she has enough creations to basically be a very dangerous foe if she wanted to be. Let's not forget that last season she was able to create some form of super superhero out of average people. To, she was trying to e- even the playing field. So we see that Lena, sometimes with good intentions, and that's the whole concept of the, the road to hell being paved with good intentions, we see that Lena has been uh, has, has often been a person who that definitely applies to. So why is she so bent on this particular route? I don't fully believe Lena as this villainous, horrible creature. I would like to, but I just don't. She still has some good in her, and I'm thinking we will find that good. On the flip side, Malefic seems to have no good in him. This is a bad guy through and through. He's literally the fly on the wall 
when you're telling secrets, he's literally willing to kill every single person because he feels personally slighted. He is the, and especially since Supergirl is really big on on social commentary, there has to be a connection between Malefic and the concept of a mass shooter. In some ways, the same psychology is going into play. This person who feels that they were left out, they didn't have any friends, they were isolated, and now they want to seek revenge on society at large and one particular person, and they don't care who they hurt to get there. It's such a strong commentary. Sure, it's layered and layered and layered, but it's definitely there. There's definitely a connection. Possibly too little too soon. Possibly too much too late. I don't know which one yet. I'm going to let this play out, but there's definitely a connection, especially since this week we got a full backstory with John Jones using his super friend, Nia Nall, to help him with his dream sequence in order to help him remember what we realize John Jones wiped out himself. Now, in Martian culture, we know that wiping a memory is the biggest of all sins. It does not get bigger than that. John Jones wants to remember. He knows that his memories are lacking. He tried it last week. He's tried it before. It's He tried it with some Q waves. It was not enough. So we decide to get Neonol and use her dream power in order to go into this world we see the world through the eyes of nia which is why all the characters are human i suspect that this clearly had to do with budget it's very difficult to have martians parading around everywhere so we get these this group of kids we also find out that malefic is john jones's younger brother sure we under we insinuated that before but now we definitively know malefic is john jones's younger brother who was unable to connect to the hive mind this is what we find out through that dream sequence not being able to connect to the hive mind must be crazy for a martian that's the whole concept of the martian is they are one for all and all for one it's very three musketeers in that mentality and ideology they all share a collective mind malefic was born with a mutation or whatever situation where he's unable to connect to the to the Martian mind. I wonder if he's the only child on Mars who's ever had this situation, which would make him extremely unique. In order to save him or or to basically save everyone else, because he does have this power to hurt people and he uses it. <clears throat> we see that his father, John Jones's father, Malefic's father, their father places Malefic in isolation. That's now the worst punishment you can have as a Martian. They are a collective species. They are together. It's actually why Johns feels so guilty for fleeing Mars. It's also why he feels so alone. And he was so connected. If you remember in season two, he found another Martian and he was so connected going into season three. And of course, we saw her death going into season four so we've seen that loneliness is a huge huge factor for martians malefic feels extremely isolated and alone by his own family and it's the cause for his his ruthless escape his his death his banishment to to the phantom zone it's all because he felt so frustrated and hopeless with his own own quote-unquote kind 
that he goes with the White Martians and becomes a huge weapon for them to use and utilize his power in order to inflect his emotions onto those around him and hurt them and also his power of mind control. That's the most dangerous power. I I thought that John Jones had a similar power, but I know he definitely has the psychic power to read minds. He's able to look through people's minds, but I thought that possibly he had some type of mind control power, but obviously I was mistaken. Malefic has this power, this inception to control people's minds. John Jones makes that realization where at first he blames his father for wiping their memories and he's so mad if you saw the anger on his face he was so mad that he, that his father had wiped out their memories this father his this man of god this this man of uh, Haran Mir was the one who wiped out their memories the hypocrisy he says and then it turns out that John Jones did himself like you're the hypocrite buddy and you tell Nia to keep it a secret you don't want anyone to know. You're so ashamed of what you've done, John, that you're you you are keeping this a secret through from everyone. You're basically wiping your memory again because you know you can't forgive if you can't forget. So it's easier that way. You wiped your father's memories to make him feel better because he was so pained that his son had become a traitor. Well, it was his actions to begin with. Secondly, that's not the best way to deal with stuff. Sweeping things under the carpet or pretending they didn't happen obviously doesn't make them go away. I agree. He has put, John Jones has put everyone in danger. This situation, which is now threatening the earth of Supergirl, is putting everyone in danger because John didn't want to remember something bad. Sorry, John. You got to lear- learn to live with your decisions. And so does your father. Your father had to learn with the, to live with this. He, he decided to place his son in this isolation. Should have known there were going to be consequences. That's not even how Martians are created. And that's definitely not how you fix a problem. You do not fix a problem by ignoring it and pretending it doesn't exist. That's that's how Ryan Ryan does. First step in solving a problem is identifying there is one. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Anyway, uh, just going to the chat real quick. Yes. We got Shy Gabby just saying, you know, she thinks she's upset because Lex knew and that she didn't figure it out. So she basically felt stupid because she's always uh, tried to show her mom and everyone else that she is smart. She's just as smart as Lex. So there's a bit of a sibling rivalry there. She always wanted to be as smart as Lex. Interesting. Her mom. That's a great, I like that perspective a lot. Cool. And we do see that she reaches out to her mom quite often in, in these times. So we do know that Lena does have a chip on her shoulder and it has to do with her mom who's technically Lex Luthor's mom and not her actual mom, but was the mom that she's known her whole life, basically. So she has always wanted to prove herself a Luthor to her. And so I can see how she could feel stupid that she didn't recognize that her best friend without glasses is Supergirl. Wow. Yeah. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who you are with your glasses off. Well, Ryan, you'll never know. Uh, but you know what? We will all know that all of you at home, we'd love to hear from you. Comment below. You are, if not as much, more so a part of this panel than all of us here. And by all of us, I just mean myself. Ryan's in the booth. So thank you so much for commenting below. I know I always ask a lot of questions. I go through the polls. I comment back. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for commenting 
And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars we so greatly deserve. We appreciate each and every one of you. We will read your comments out loud. We tend to give shout outs. Thank you so much for help making us be the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you, guys. You guys are all lifesavers. Speaking of lifesavers, you like that segue, Ryan? Speaking of lifesavers, Kelly is a lifesaver. Here we get Kelly Olsen, uh, Jimmy's sister, who is Alex's girlfriend. She's definitely entrenched in the crew now. She's one of the bunch. She's made her way to the mean girl table. Kelly Olsen, whose life was in danger last week because of Malefic. Malefic picked on Kelly knowing she works at the Obsidian, knowing that she has Q-Wave knowledge, and she's connected to John Jones. He basically shapeshifted into Alex, and we remember the threat that she felt then and that scene between Alex and, and Kelly. Well, in this episode, Kelly, even though she was almost killed yesterday has decided she's just going to talk to strangers and be super helpful and this guy jared this guy uh pete andrews comes back in her life pete andrews is suffering from ptsd from afghanistan he comes back he, he meets her at the at the job but guess what he is malefic if i'm kelly i am wary of every human being from now on Everyone is a possible shapeshifter. You just had a run-in with the shapeshifter of shapeshifters who almost killed you yesterday. Why are you just out of the blue trusting people coming back, not asking these questions? If I'm Sometimes even when I see Ryan, I ask him questions that only Ryan would know just to make sure that he's not shapeshift Ryan, but actual Ryan. You That's have right. to ask these questions. I do the same with you every time you come in. I'm like... Are you actually here on? T- <laughs> is this is this? Are you actually here right now? Did you send in your information? Do we have media today? And then when that's you say how, yes, 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 I'm like, oh, that's him. That's how Ryan would know that's not me. If I showed up on time, if I had media and everything turned in on time, you would know that's clearly not me. That is an alien, right? Because it would be earlier if it was you. No, definitely not. <laughs> let's be let's be very frank. We the l- Ryan. Hey, the audience knows me. They know. Okay, I am. Yes. They Tehran. know. Exactly. I am Tehran through and through. So all I'm saying is, Kelly, why don't you ask these questions? Why don't you why don't you give a little quiz? Hey, Pete, I can't believe the last time I saw you was three years ago. Yeah, it was. Oh, sorry, buddy. It was actually last year. You wouldn't have forgot that. I get it. You are a shapeshifter. Be smart about these things. Be a little more clever. I understand, Kelly, that you are a helper, that you have this you have this need to to fix people and fix their problems. But fix yours first. Your problem is that you're a little too trusting and that you need to stop giving everyone a benefit of the doubt, especially after your experience from last week. Because clearly, this week it gets you in a lot of trouble. Clearly, we find out that this week it was Malefic, who was disguised as Pete Andrews, came into your office, is utilizing your Q-Wave technology to get his power of inception back. And guess what? He got it back. Now he's able to control people. And the first person he was about to control to kill himself was you because you were too trusting. This is a part of who Kelly is. Now, I understand that that's what makes Alex love Kelly. But the truth of the matter is you have to be more careful. You cannot just do that. And this Q-Wave technology is super dangerous. Look at the amount of power that it has. 
Are we not testing this? Are we not saying, hey, what are the moral implications of the Q wave? I don't think, of course, Andrea Rojas probably isn't thinking that, but I would assume that there's got to be some type of FDA or at least her employees have to be on board with, hey, Andrea, I understand we're doing this Q-Wave stuff, but you do know that potentially it's extremely harmful or can be used horribly. Let's. We need to figure that out. She needs to get some questions, some go-tos. Exactly. She definitely needs to have go-to questions when she asks people, and that's why she's sent away at the end of this episode. Now, I know that Jimmy is supposed to be slowly being not written off the show, but he's on a hiatus coming up, and so he goes with his sister, of course, to protect her. So that's an arc, but I do know also that the actress, Ozzy Tesfaye, is has recently become a main cast member, so she's not going to be gone. So why are we writing her off where she's in hiding? I saw in the previews that she'll be back next week. However, if she's supposed to be in hiding, I wonder how that storyline plays out or why bring it up if she is supposed to be on the show. There's a lot of unanswered questions there, but we are going to get them next week, obviously, and going forward, as we examine it, we do have to question ourselves Kelly, you talked your way out of being in the crew after working so hard to be in the crew. Going into the conflict, spider tattoos. We get an Orifacian. Apparently, it's a creature that is a symbiote and takes over a host. This host is a sniper and an armed force SEAL, Navy SEAL killer and, and all these things and extremely attractive. All these things in one. Sure, I get it. Carrie... You're great. We loved we loved seeing her. She goes after Dr. Niles Jared, who is someone who's looking to genetics and to extending life, and obviously was be and obviously someone paid a lot of money to have him killed. And the other doctors too, which is a whole concept. It's a storyline that just was unveiled in this episode. And it's much larger because we did not solve it. We don't know why Jared, Dr. Jared was killed and the other doctor had an attempt on his life. We need to figure that out because the Orifacian, well, she's got this power. It's it's almost like evil Spider-Man and she has the spider power in which the spiders go into the, the victim's body mm. and basically kills from the inside. It reminded me of that Matrix. I feel like we got a lot of different movie tropes in this episode because I remember watching the John Jones fragments and that whole dream sequence and remembering and getting nods to Star Trek and a whole Vulcan vibe. There was an entire concept in the Vulcan when, when Spock's dad is showing emotion in Spock. To Spock, if you remember on Star Trek The Next Generation, it reminded me of that and a nod to the Star Trek movie, the new ones. So it was very interesting. In this one, I felt like it was that Matrix when the creature goes inside the people's bodies. It had a very Matrixy feel with the spiders. Of course, it had Spider-Man vibes as as the Orifacian was able to throw spider webs and and stop Supergirl. Supergirl should be able to break out of spider webs easy. I mean, I understand spider webs are supposed to be super strong, especially when they're created in this way, but Supergirl should have been able to break through the spider webs just by basically moving her arms. She is Supergirl. She's a Kryptonian on Earth. 
I don't know how they played that. It hit her mouth. I mean, of course, she was able to free herself, but after she used her laser to laser off the spider web and then rip it all off. But that Orphacium basically gave her almost a run for her money. I'm tired of seeing Supergirl not be as strong as she's supposed to be, or as she's depicted in the comic books, or even as strong as Superman, especially since Superman is often quoted as saying Supergirl's even stronger. So let's see some of that strength. She should have been able to move her hand, and even if the spider web was that tough, the entire building should have just shook as the wall was ripped off, and she just was able to rip the wall down with a single swoop. Uh, but I really like that fight scenes. The concept of the Orifacian, they also create new aliens all the time. I'm sure there's an infinite amount of aliens, but be careful of creating too many, especially since we've gotten off the alien, anti-alien sentiment where we were keeping tabs on all the different types of aliens. It also reminds me why people were afraid of aliens, because if aliens are able to just look at you and and touch you and spiders will go inside your heart and kill you maybe we should probably figure out who does what and what does who and who everybody is especially here we get a shapeshifter now we've got a or a facian all in the same exact episode it's it's one of those things where we need to be careful the or facian so dangerous jimmy comes to the rescue because that's what jimmy likes to do we see jimmy almost rescue Kara outside regarding her job and now she's rescuing he's rescuing supergirl as guardian Jimmy's attacked by the Orifacian, and one of the spiders goes into his helmet, and it looks like it's about to uh, go inside him, and it does. Obviously, they had to take him back to the DEO and use some type of uh, contrapment to take the spider out. They weren't very clear on how that process worked exactly. It was very cool to see, but it did leave a loose plot storyline. If they're able to do that... Why are they so so afraid of the spider? I'm sure it's timely. However, it's got to be more to it. I, I just feel like the stakes should have been higher, or or at least it should have been it should have been based on on Jimmy life or death. It wasn't. It didn't give us the life and death vibe. They were worried, but they weren't too worried. And I felt like it should have had more, especially since we're so afraid of the Orifacian up to this point. We see that she's so deadly and worthy of investigation. Even to the point where when Kara is researching and seeing uh, Dr. Niles Jared inside the club, I was wondering why she didn't see William Day. That should have been, that could have been a good one to play because we see Kara's at work and William Day and the subject of Dr. Niles Jared comes up and Kara can tell that William is lying. She's all, all the time finding out there's more to meets the eye about William Day, but she's always she's always thinking it's negative. Is that something personal or not? I want to know comment below. I want to know a prediction now. Do you think William is good? Yes or no? Is William good? Hashtag Good day, hashtag bad day. Day, of course, being spelled D-E-Y for William Day. Let me know. Because right now, we we kept giving William the benefit of the doubt. I personally did. Where I'm saying he's an investigative journalist. Maybe he's investigating Andrea. There's more to this guy than meets the eye. He's got. He's actually going to be end up being a good guy. And then we see him taking a secret payoff some from some shade ball who meets him in a... Uh, 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 like at some random location in a park and gives him 
And it wouldn't be as bad if he didn't give him an envelope of money. Envelopes of money are never good. Envelopes of money are always shady. Envelopes of money is always, you're doing something for me that's off the books that you shouldn't be doing. So I don't know if he's helpful anymore. I'm worried about William Day and my and my predictions of how he's going to be a good guy. I still, I'm still going to go hashtag good day, but I'm getting less and less so inclined. So we shall see how that plays out. Finally, we get Brainy and Nia. Comic relief. Brainy is amazing. Honestly, the actor Jesse Rath is so good at playing Brainy. The delivery, the emotion without emotion, it's all so good. The awkwardness, it's so strong. And Nia, that coming out of the shower and just looking great, they're sleeping in the same bed. I'm wondering if they're having intimate relations. I mean, let's be very honest. When we saw when we saw Brady at the apartment, Man, I couldn't be the only one that's thinking, uh-oh, Brainy's getting some. Like, that's the only thing, because why else be there night and day? They're clearly sleeping in the same bed. So I wonder how that's playing out. I do know for a fact that Brainy is, of course, in Brainy way. He only knows how to be 100%, so he is going overboard. Nia mentioned that she liked poetry and food, and Brainy has just been cooking up a storm, and every second she's getting a new poem about a new body part so that's actually a very difficult thing to see because we were shipping we were shipping Nia and Brainy so much I don't know if I'm still shipping them I don't know if I still I of course look no 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 let me rephrase that I do like Brainy and Nia I like it for me because as the audience I'm watching it and it's funny and it's a train crash it's it's the Kardashians. It's every reality show. It's 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 on its way to a fiery, burning crash. However, watching it from Nia's perspective and just seeing that overbearing Brainy, you just want... I want to yell, Brainy, calm down. She likes you, bro. Just chill out. I feel like I don't know who needs to hear that, but so many people do. So, Brainy, calm, out, calm down. Chill, chill bro. You, you're writing her poems that... And Brainy, you're way more creative than this, by the way. He had a Ryan, he had yeah. a poem for his for her left earlobe. Whoa. Exactly. Yeah, hear that. <laughs> I see what you did there. So the concept is Brainy needs to chill out. And also, can we use Brainy in superhero situations more? Brainy's extremely powerful. Are we forgetting how powerful Brainy is? Are we forgetting how powerful Nia Nall is? Can we use her in more superhero situations? She has powers. We get Guardian every other second. Let's get some Brainy involvement. Let's get some Nia using their powers. Let's get them fighting together. They are a very strong crew. Something makes me suspect that we will see them as a crew fighting crime soon. Because you cannot have this many altercations and this many incidences and not have Brainy or Nia on the scene. Why? Well, that's a waste of of powerful beings. You have some extremely powerful beings in in this town right now. So let's let's be very aware of that. Let's get into our special segment, shall we? That's right. Every week we will highlight a Supergirl, a woman that is making a difference in the world. This week's highlight is Oprah Gail Winfrey, uh, born... 
January 29th, 1954. She is obviously better known as Oprah, media executive, actress, talk show host. A lot of people don't know she's an actress. She is an amazing actress. She has been nominated uh, for for Oscars. For Oscars. So she's a thank you. I forgot the You're word Oscars for a second. Color purple. Yeah, the color purple is a big deal. I mean, she's in a lot of other movies, but she was a, a main part of the color purple before we know her. Uh, she was in Native Son. She's been in Lincoln. The I Butler. mean, she was in the Butler Selma. Uh, Wrinkle on Time, she's been, she's a very good and prolific actress who's been in a lot of different different shows and movies. Of course, we all know her as the talk show host, Oprah being one of the highest rated TV shows of all time, and she's a television producer. One other thing people don't know about her as much is how big a philanthropist Oprah is. She has been giving as a philanthropist for at least 25 years, she has some amazing, amazing, uh, uh, very benefiting organizations that she helps all the time, charities and charity events that raise awareness. She is a big in, big in the creation and the adventation of, of diversity in Hollywood. Oprah does it all. Most importantly, Ryan... Not only does Oprah have a very big heart, yeah. she she has a very big bank account. She's a billionaire. Billionaire. A billionaire. There are only 2,200 and some billionaires in the world, and she's one of them. And as a black woman, that's a very difficult, difficult thing. I mean, this is a woman who's been credited with creating a more... Uh, the concept of media, the talk show, is basically comes from her. She popularized and revolutionized it. That whole tabloid talk show whole idea and then she basically uh broke, was, the, broke the glass ceiling oh uh, well i was gonna say she's also huge about allowing the the concept of lgbtq community for being in mainstream television so that was a big thing to enter through her shows and and her productions oh yeah i'm praising ellen when she came out exactly and and first one of the first people to basically stand up to people for ellen was oprah winfrey even though ellen's her competition and, and she's already been inducted to the national women's hall of fame so that's who oprah is some people are hailing her as a person who should be the president she has honorary doctorate degrees from duke and harvard and she also owns own Shout what, out to Oprah. Big shout out to Oprah. One of my favorite things is, of course, she is a huge fan of AfterBuzz. So thank you so much, Oprah Winfrey, for being a super girl. News and gossip, people. AfterBuzz TV News. Well, guess what, everybody? We got a good look at Pete Andrews. And if you recognize him, it's because he's Sean Astin, the actor. Yes, that's right. We got Sean Astin himself playing Andrews. If you don't know Sean Astin, I don't know what to tell you. This is Mikey from the Goonies and Raphael and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And of course, he played Rudy in the movie Rudy. This might be before a lot of people's times. But you know what wasn't? 51st Dates. I'm sure everyone saw that. And of course, he is definitely Bob Newby in the second and third seasons of Stranger Things. Why are we omitting the biggest one? Which one? Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> he was on. I forgot he was on Lord of the Rings. Oscar winner. Oh, Oscar gosh. nominated. 
Oh, gosh, that's crazy. You know why I don't say Lord of the Rings? Why is that, Tehran? Because when you, when you say Lord of the Rings, the mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings people get on you. Right. They get on me for comments I've made about Lord of the Rings in the past. Shout out to Sean Astin. Shout out to Sean. Uh, because, Ryan, I've just pointed out several times on different shows that Middle Earth had, had, had all these different creatures. And no black or Hispanic people. That's all I want. Like, so you had no Asians, not a single, not a single Asian in Middle Earth. You had flying dinosaurs, talking trees, and not okay. Anyway, yikes. However, Sean Astin, I'm a huge, huge fan. The Goonies was like classic. I loved watching that um, when when it replayed on television. That was great. So thank you so much for Sean Astin. We have this. We do have a CBR.com article that says that talks about him as a surprise guest appearance. So make sure to check that out. Predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Let's get into some super predictions, shall we? I feel that this storyline has to continue. I brought this up earlier in this after show, but Q-Waves, Mind Control. Malefic, Mind Control. Yes. Sure. Lena, looking for Mind Control. Lex Luthor has a plan. Something's got to happen there. All three of these have to be connected, and we're going to get one heck of a season finale. If this is a if this is a short term story arc, I don't know how they're going to solve this. This has to go the whole season, where Lena tries to basically control everyone. Supergirl and Lena have a big showdown. I can't wait for that. That is going to be the girl fight of all girl fights. In the meantime, I do think that Nia's dream power is something that's underutilized, especially when we're talking about uh, Malefic. So we're going to use Nia to figure out how Malefic's minds work. And of course, Kelly, even though she's about to go away, we need Kelly because Kelly has this connection with Malefic where she now can see him because of their Q-Wave connection. So we can't tell who Malefic is, but she definitely can. Can't wait to see what happens. Great prediction. Thank you so much, Ryan. Until then, I might be drinking some Tefik Leah. Uh, if you want to find me, find me at I am Tehran all across the board. That's right, I A M T E H R A N. And of course, hosting a slew of other AfterBuzz after shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Of course, you can find me each and every week right here as we're talking Supergirl. Ryan, where can people t- find you? You can find me at Ryan Nilsson underscore. He's half of the Dream Team, TikTok. and we will see you. Next week, right here, up, up, and away. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 